Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Happy February to everybody. I hope everyone's 2022 is continuing to get off on the right foot as we progress through this long big three offseason. We got a great episode for you coming up. Dope interview with a recurring guest on the back end. Uh, But first, we got to talk some big three. Big news. Uh, We have a start date to the season. This summer, season five is officially a countdown away from getting going. So we're going to talk about all that on this episode before we get into the interview. First and foremost, if you want to find the show and continue listening for any big three offseason updates or any news on new players and speculation, if you want to find the show on social media, it's at fourth man pod. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. And just doing a little bit more of a social aspect to it. It's not all podcast related and become a little bit more of a news page, a highlight page. So make sure you're following, especially on the Instagram front. But once the season starts, make sure you're following on Twitter as well. If you want to watch the show, you prefer a little bit of a visual on the podcast, you can find us youtube.com slash fourth man pod. Mentioned in this in the last episode, haven't created it yet, but have a cool little series coming up before we get into some of the, the players that are joining, kind of going to speculate on a few, whether it's realistic, maybe I just want to see, or some young players. So continue to follow along, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Those will be dropping very, very soon, hopefully with some cool content in the summer as well. And for those of you listening on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel, we appreciate you guys, as always, listening on a Saturday. We appreciate Dash for continuing to give us a platform to talk more about the big three. Okay. I mentioned big three as a start date. Yes, that's right. Season five will begin June 18th, 2022. So that leaves us with about, about four months here. So a little uh, four months and some change. So the season is quickly coming along. And look, this could be one of the more wild off seasons that we've had in recent years in the big three. Typically, we know that at least two teams are going to come back somewhat full strength. We know for the most part that captains are going to come back. Uh, but I feel like this year it's a little bit different because let's just start, you know, with our championship team trilogy. I mean, think about who runs the show on trilogy. We got Jared Jack, who's a coach for the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure he can still ball, but, you know, I don't know how much more involved or how much more he's getting into the coaching side. You know, will, will he still return? Uh, Amir Johnson, playing for G League Ignite, taking on a little bit more of a mentorship role. Again, a guy he's still playing, but, um, you know, I feel like maybe there's a little bit more question marks than there's been in recent years. I could be completely off here. All of Trilogy could return. You know, Isaiah Briscoe's balling out right now in the G League. He could have an NBA opportunity uh, by that time. But, again, this is me all just speculating, me just wondering. Um, you know, Three-Headed Monsters seems to run it back every year. They're probably been getting ready since the season ended, trying to finally capture that championship after being the, being the only team to get to the playoffs in all four of the big three seasons. But just a little speculation there. I, I, I don't know. I think it could be one of those off seasons where there could be a lot of changes, whether it's just in the league as a whole. Um, you know that this is one of the most innovative leagues in all of sports and that Ice Cube is going to bring something new to the game more than likely. So it's going to be an interesting off season. And like I said, if, not subscribed on YouTube yet, make sure to to subscribe if you want to, if you're into like free agency news or in this case, it's more of like addition news or who's going to join the draft news when it comes to the big three stuff. A lot of good stuff coming on the way, but the season starts June 18th. So at this point, we're just kind of counting down, waiting for a few splash alerts to come along. And it's going to, I think we're really gearing up for a dope, a dope off season, but even a greater season. And I know that for the past few years, we've been saying that time and time again, you know, new season, obviously is going to be better than the last one. That's always the goal. But I think as this thing kind of like frames back up uh, following the year off, I think we're going to see some continuity, some exciting changes, 
some different players in the field. And I think all of that's going to lead to another really successful, fun season uh, this summer in the big three. Who knows? Maybe they'll go back on tour. Uh, I don't know if the plan is to keep playing in Vegas for the majority of the time or try to get more on that on that tour run that they were doing the first couple of years before COVID. But that'd be cool if they could do that in a little bit more of a, a limited capacity again, uh, a little bit more than they did last year when I, I know they went to Dallas, Milwaukee, Chicago. But if they could tour a few more cities, I think that'd be dope as well. That's most of the news I have from a big three standpoint. The other other news is that it's always just great to see Monster Energy actually just renewed their partnership with the big three. So it's always good to see big name partners uh, continuing to believe in the league and want to continue to do business with them. I think that's a positive sign um, as well. Also, I feel like, you know, we'll touch on this more on the back end uh, when we do our interview with Jeff Key, who is formerly uh, known as Jeff Key from G League TV. But now we can also say Jeff Key from the G League. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about his new career in the G, uh, the transition from G League TV and just kind of his new role and talk also about some of the big three guys that have been playing in the G League as well um, and kind of the, the similar pathways or I guess similar ties that the G League and the big three have together. So we appreciate everyone who's tuning in on this episode. Again, make sure you're following on all social media platforms and subscribing on YouTube. Again, the season starts June 18th. I'm sure that will come up more than on multiple occasions, whether it's on the fourth man page or on the big three page, but you will see that number a lot. Hopefully we'll get a countdown going soon. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in and let's get to our interview with G League's Jeff Key. Jeff, my guy, uh, welcome back to the show. You are now the uh, most decorated guest on the fourth man podcast <laughs> so appreciate you taking the time again we always appreciate your expertise with really players that don't have a lot of prominence to their name necessarily but in the big three it's all about your it's all about your game and not your name um, so appreciate you joining the show today and uh, how's everything going Anthony, I appreciate you having me back, man. Yeah, a lot has changed since um, I was first on the show. I remember <laughs> I was the last time I was on was for the big three draft. And right. we looked at the draft and it was crazy because half of those guys were either current G League guys who were a lot of them are still playing in the league or former G League guys. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, you know, it's been a really fun last few months. Um, I kind of switched over from doing G League TV to now working for the G League over the past <laughs> few months since November. So that's been a lot of fun. And it's just kind of been uh, a real, real enjoyable ride going from like different G League games and watching these guys play. I was in Vegas for a couple of weeks and watching the showcase. And so it's been really awesome. Man, that's so cool. I, I want to reflect back on the draft a little bit because you made a lot of interesting points and in where some of the players are at today that you discuss. It's pretty wild. Like, I feel like we should have like listened to your your knowledge of the players a little bit more and like made some of our predictions that way. But I want to tie that back in. But yeah, uh, like you said, a lot has changed. You're now with G League, uh, you know, kind of like hands off with G League TV a little bit more. How has the the role been? Like, you know, how's kind of what's kind of been the change like getting adjusted to working in the G League and getting to see guys like with you know, LiAngelo Ballway uh, and an in-person spectacle. Yeah, it's been really cool. You know, when I was running G League TV, it was kind of like any good performance I would post, you know? So I was over at night. I remember every night I would basically post like, 10 to 15 of the best performances every day. Whereas on the G League, we're a little bit more calculated with what we post and when we post it and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is is prepared in advance. And there's a lot of stuff that we do with like sponsors and stuff like that as well. So it's a little bit more um, thoughtful and, and planned out. Whereas with G League TV, I remember I was just posting like all the good highlights, just making sure that everyone was getting covered. Um, but it's been really cool, you know, with with now helping with the D-League social and digital side, I'm also on the G-League show, which has been really awesome. So it first started with me actually working behind the scenes on the show. And okay. then just out of the blue, 
one of the co-hosts asked if I could replace him for one show. It was just for one show because he had an emergency to take care of. And so I was like, sure. It was kind of last minute notice. And just so happens that that show, we were interviewing Isaiah Thomas, right? No because, way. You know, he went to the Grand Rapids Gold for one game. And so it was the day he was going to make his G League debut. And I was like, I was freaking out because I was like, oh my <laughs> God, I get to eat. You know, I get to interview him a couple hours before the game. And we interviewed him. It went great. I was on that show that one time. And, um, you know, the show went well. And to tell you the truth, like, I was hoping that I would come back, right? I don't know yeah. if it was, it was a guest appearance or whatever Definitely. the case may be. But they ended up just making me the third person on the show. It's, so my, it's myself and Gianna Hearn. He used to work for the Reno Bighorns as a reporter. And then um, Dom 2K, who's really popular on oh, nice. Twitter and YouTube. And so we all do the show. It's every Wednesday. So that's been awesome kind of trends transforming from behind the scenes to on the camera. Man, that's so cool. And I think it just goes to show like all the hours of you watching the league and really being invested in it before you even work there is like, it literally pays off as soon as you walk through the door. So that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is one thing that I never knew what the end goal was in the sense yeah. where I would <laughs> consume like hours and hours of G League content, you know, back before I was working for the league and I was going to all these games and reading up on all the articles and all the latest news. And I was always thinking to myself, I wonder, I have all this information in my head. I wonder what I'm going to use it for, you know? <laughs> so it's been good. So, because I can kind of reflect some of that knowledge onto the show. From a professional level, it seems like the transition has gone pretty smoothly. But I want to also ask from even more of a personal level that you have with some of the players, because a lot of players really appreciate and engage with your with the G League TV page in the past. Now you're seeing these guys play in person. What has that relationship been like, you know, kind of seeing these guys in person and be like, hey, you know, we're both kind of like building ourselves up together and trying to, you know, make it to like this ultimate, you know, peak goal. Yeah, that's been probably the coolest part is because a lot of these players I had talked to for the last two years through DMs, you know, every time a lot of them had good games, they'd be like, Oh, you see my 20 point game. I'm like, yeah, bro, I saw it. I'll post it, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so for, yeah, about a year and a half, two years, I've been communicating with a lot of these guys through DMs and a lot of them are still on that grind of they're in the G league. They might've gotten a 10 day or so they might've gotten yeah. a two, two way contract, but they're still grinding for that full-time NBA deal, you know? So, right. It's been cool seeing them because now I go to games all the time. I used to go to games before, but, you know, last year was the bubble. So I couldn't go to oh, any games. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was just, you know, really communicating through these guys, either through text or through DM. But now it's cool because when I go to the games, I can introduce myself and say, you know, you and I have talked so many times through <laughs> DMs, but I finally get to meet you. So that's been cool, too, to see kind of the progression. And a lot of these guys, like I said, they're still grinding for that one shot in the league you know a lot mm -hmm. of them have gotten it because this year we had over 100 call-ups to the nba amazing but there are so many other g league guys i always say this year is the best year to be a g league player and the worst year to be a g league player because <laughs> you know like i said a hundred plus guys have gotten called up to the league whether it's a 10-day a two-way whatever the case may be they've gotten to live their dream out but then it's weird because if you're a g leaguer and you didn't get that call up you have to feel a certain way about it you know because everyone else and you saw some of your teammates getting that opportunity in the league yeah, that's a that's an interesting point, because like you only think of the positive side of like, oh, wow, 100 call ups, like so many people got opportunities. But there's so many more players, which I've seen, you know, posted or even watching the G League. I watch the G League a little bit more now just for that reason uh, of like your of your page and like just how how like much it's grown. It's so weird. like there's so many more players that are still like haven't got that chance that probably should have at least one shot to like prove themselves because of their play in the G League. And that leads into like an interesting segue to like my next question is really just around how how like legitimized was the G League as like a viable option this year? We've seen so many players from uh, experienced veterans to guys overseas to guys in the big three, like now come through the G League in hopes of getting their NBA champ. So how like legitimized do you feel like the G League got within the year or maybe even the past couple of years in the bubble as well? Yeah, I think it's more legitimate and more mainstream than ever now. And so I really think that everybody who has 
is on the cusp of the NBA, whether they're playing overseas, whether they're playing um, in the big three, it has to be thinking to themselves, I need to utilize or I could utilize the G League to get myself in the league, either for the first time or get back in the league again. And to tell you the truth, a few years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. I remember it was 2016 when Nate Robinson signed with the Delaware 87ers and he had been out of the league for a while. He had kind of been on the kick that Isaiah Thomas has been on recently where he's Mm -hmm. like, I just want to play. I just want to play. Just want any opportunity. And so Nate Robinson had been promoting himself online a bunch saying that he's willing to do anything. He just wants to hoop again. So he actually took the G league route when it wasn't really popular to do so. Right. And, a lot of people criticized him for it and were like, man, if you're going to the G League, you're basically dead in the water. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're going to the G League. There's, that means that you're washed, you know, but we don't look at it the same. And I think the public doesn't look at it the same as it did in the past. Right. Before it was seen as a negative thing that that's where you go when your career is on the tail end and you are desperate. Right now it's like, OK, you know, I've been out of the league. Things didn't go my way. I'm going to use the G League to get myself back in the public eye. Right play well and get myself back in the league. And I think that it's now the most viable option to get back in the NBA and our players are starting to realize that. And also the public is starting to realize that too, because they used to look at it as a little bit of as, as a joke, unfortunately, but it's really done a total 180 on that. Yeah. There's so much exposure now. Um, You know, there's obviously they play on ESPN, ESPN plus a little bit more, which with so many streaming options, it's such like a realistic uh, thing for multiple people to have ESPN plus and watch that. But I just love the the attention it's getting and that veterans aren't afraid to take that route anymore because of what other people think. Like, it, it seems like uh, a really legitimate option, a strong option, like almost like the next step to getting to the NBA at this point. Whereas, like, right. like you mentioned, like a few years ago, maybe it was like third, fourth, fifth option before that's like a real NBA shot. Definitely. And I think the biggest thing now, too, is that a lot of teams are also sending their lottery picks to the G League, Yeah, their first rounders to the G League. It's crazy. A few years ago, if you were a first rounder, if you were a top 10, top 15 pick and during your rookie year, you were in the G League, they would automatically characterize you as a bust, right? Uh Even uh though it was still early on, even though these guys are 19, 20 years old. Now it's pretty normal to see a top 10, top 15, top 20 pick in the G League, whether it's for, you know, maybe a couple weeks, a couple months because these guys are so young and i think people are starting to realize hey listen it's going to take these guys time to develop and mm-hmm. the the best place for them to develop is the g league because they'll play 35 minutes you know they'll play 40 minutes they'll get all the reps all the touches they need whereas if they were just sitting on the bench in the nba we're talking about five minutes of garbage time you know so yeah you know having Guys like Kaminga back in the G League this year, Moses Moody in the G League for the first time. Um, Josh Christopher was with the G League, with the uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers for a little bit too. We're seeing all these first rounders in the G, and I think that's awesome because it's that is also adding legitimacy to it too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just guys who are looking to go back into the league. It's also guys who are really looked upon as the future generation of the NBA, and they're using the G League to get better, to improve until their time is ready to go to the NBA and make a difference. What's been cool too is I feel like that development process is almost speeding up in a sense. Like I feel like you see like the early results from guys being in the G League then going to the NBA. Like maybe maybe not the greatest example in comparison to some of those guys you mentioned that went higher in the draft, but like someone I saw the other night uh, was Trey Mann, who I feel like has been playing for the OKC Blue a lot. He put up like right. 29 points the other night yep. in their yep. overtime win against the Mavericks. And I feel like, I was like, why is Trey Mann, you know, I mean, I think OKC has so many prospects at this point that they're like, just anybody who's not playing, just send them to the Blue and we'll we'll get them up here eventually, like, because there's so many guys that need to play. But, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, I feel like, yeah, maybe Trey Mann wasn't necessarily ready to come out the gates and play in there. But after, like, getting his feet wet a little bit and playing in the G League against – now, not just like young competition, but just like experienced NBA veteran competition as well. Like you see like the, the benefits of that, like so, so early on. Yeah. And because there's so many NBA, former NBA players and first rounders in the G League this year, the competition level has never been higher. Right. Yeah. So on a nightly basis, you're looking at G League teams and being like, wow, just a few years ago, half of these guys could have been on NBA rosters or would have been, or I'm sorry, or were on NBA rosters, right? And so it's really crazy to look at. If you look at the Agua Caliente Clippers, Chris Dunn is playing for them now, right? Chris <laughs> wow. Dunn was, what, the fourth pick back in 2017? Yeah. You know? I Not mean, just a few ago. years ago, yeah, he was considered 
an NBA ready prospect coming out of Providence. Right. And now he's in the G league. Um, you look at the grand Rapids gold. I mean, throughout this year, they've had Mario Chalmers, which who they still have Kenneth Reed, right. Lance Stevenson, Nick Stauskas, um, Shabazz Muhammad, yeah. right? So it's like all these veterans on the team. I and mean, these guys are like, First round wow, players. these guys were impactful players in the league. Shabazz Muhammad for a while was a double-digit scorer in the league. And, you know, we've seen Lance, what he's been doing in Indiana. He had those four 10-day contracts, and they just signed him to uh, mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. So, yeah, more than ever, the talent in the G League resembles the talent in the NBA. Uh, I think Kenneth Farid playing there too now, right? So that's just like yeah, Farid is there now too. Another right. guy to add there, which is crazy. Like I kind of like Tarek Black. Oh no way! Yeah, Tarek Black's on there too. What in the world? See, I think that's pretty cool. And I think I like the strategy of Grand Rapids Gold because it's like they're a contender, right? They're they're the affiliate of a contender in the Denver Nuggets. So it's like, why not have some veterans play in our G League affiliate? And then when we need them, we can call them up. It's like a you know. They're already directly tied to us, so we can call them up quickly and get them in, get them on our roster. And they're at least familiar with the organization, I think. So I think that's a good strategy by Denver. I'm curious to know. Obviously, we have the G League Ignite team, which is usually full, uh, full of like a couple veterans, and then obviously like some uh, high recruits that decide to go there instead of the instead of the college route. I'm curious to know, like, do you ever think that there'll be like a NBA veteran G League team, like just the opposite that's- version of it? <laughs> That's a really good point. I never thought about that, but that would be really interesting to take Mario Chalmers, take Kenneth Fareed, maybe even IT if he you know, were to come back. Maybe even Chris Dunn. He might be a little bit too young, but he <laughs> considered a veteran, I guess. And, oh, put Denzel Valentine. He's playing for the main Celtics oh, right now. Not a put them all on a team, right? These are considered the NBA, you know, I don't know what you would consider, but NBA alum squad, essentially, right? <laughs> and have them compete. That would be so interesting. I'm really curious as because I know that when the when the Ignite team comes to town, mm-hmm. all the teams give their best effort because they're like, this is the next branch of prospects. All these guys are going to be first-round picks. A lot of them will be top 10, top 15 picks, right? So teams are always giving them their best shot. I think the same thing would happen for this team. They'd be like, even though Kenneth Freeze in his 30s, Chalmers in his 30s, Denzel Valentine, late 20s, right? You yeah. know, these guys can still hoop at a really, really high level. You'd get an unbelievable amount of competition between those games. And I think people would certainly tune in if there was an all-NBA team. That's a that's a point that I don't think has ever been brought up, but that'd be interesting to see. Well, uh, my mind always shifts to the big three, so I'm always like, how can we form a team out of, like, you know, uh, a group of people that used to play together or, like, a group right. of people? Kind of like, I guess, like the tournament style in a sense. Um, but you brought up uh, you brought up a couple of veterans, and I kind of want to talk about some of the the guys in transition to to tying this into the big three because we've seen a lot of guys get their opportunities. So in the past, in the big three, we've seen a few guys like here and there get like NBA opportunities. But I, what I really liked about this season is that a lot of guys got um, got opportunities in the G League, which ultimately a couple of them led to playing in the NBA. You mentioned Chalmers. I know Joe didn't take the the G League to NBA route, but he got a you know a ten day in the NBA. But a lot of guys got that G League opportunity, which you know at this point feels like it's that next best option to the NBA or like the the route to get to the NBA the quickest. Um, so you know Kevin Murphy, who is playing for Ignite, yeah. Isaiah Briscoe, Iowa Wolves, uh, mentioned Chalmers, Jody Meeks is a, another vet, Perry Jones, a couple of vets. But what are your thoughts on guys like, I guess like veterans playing in the G League? Uh, and coming from like maybe an overseas route or coming somewhere from like the big three uh, and joining some of these young guys. Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard because the thing is that the G League is looking to develop younger talent first, exactly. right? Uh-huh. And if you're an older player, if like, for example, Perry Jones, he's not really getting that much run in Windy City right now. Yeah, You know, and he's still a really good player. But, you know, Windy City is trying to develop Daniel Oturu first, right? They're trying to develop... Um, you know, a lot, not only in Windy City, but if you look at um, Grand Dude, Rapids Ignite. Too, right? or Ignite or, or, or yeah, look at Ignite. They're trying to develop Jane Hardy first. They're trying to develop Scoot Henderson first. They're uh-huh. not really as concerned with Kevin. Right. Even though Kevin's playing well and he started games, as you know, too, they're looking for them to get touches and for them, all the scouts who come out to the games are looking to see them play first. Right. And so it's kind of weird when you're a veteran coming to the G league, especially if it's mid season, because you got to think the young guys always come first, the two ways, right? 
they matter, yeah. right? The mm-hmm. exhibit tens, they matter. The assignment players, they matter. So you fall in line with that. So if, if anything, you're kind of fourth on that list of players that would get touches or get minutes, you know, Chalmers still offers a ton to the court, yeah. right? So he's still a really good on-ball defender. He can still shoot at a high level, even though he has been missing a lot of his open threes this year, you know? Um, but he still offers a good amount to a team, which is the reason why he plays. But, you know, guys guys like Perry or even the beginning of the year, Tarek Black, you know, it's always weird because they can still hoop at a high level. I don't always know that the G League is the best route to take, you know, because I think it was recently I saw Justin Dentman. Uh-huh. He tweeted something along the lines of, you know, should I go back to the G League? Yeah. And he's a former G League MVP back when it was the D League, uh-huh. you know. But I was thinking Justin can still score his tail off. I watched him in TBT every year. He gets 20 plus. You know, when he was with the Texas Legends a few years ago, he averaged 26 points a game. And that was back in like 2018, right? Yeah, he, he can just helped Tri State become a number one seed in the big three in like right, four right. or five games. Right, right. And so, but it's weird because he'd come back to the G League. And I think a lot of these players are expecting, hey, listen, I have NBA experience. I've been a G League MVP before. You know, I've played high level mm, overseas. Mm. I'm expecting to play right away. But that's not going to be the case, right? If he were to come back, let's say he comes back for the Texas Legends, you know, they're looking at Carly Jones is going to get all the minutes, yeah. right, at the point position. And so it's it, it, it develops a, a really weird dynamic because the, the veteran can still hoop. But they've got to realize the parent club is not really looking to give them a ton of minutes. They're trying to develop these young guys who they know are going to be in their roster, if not long term, at least for the next couple of years. So, yeah, that's it's, really, a tough, it's a tough route. Yeah, it's an interesting it's just an interesting thought, because, again, like kind of reflecting on Grand Rapids, it feels like they're more like, let's get NBA ready players now. Like, you know, we just saw the whole thing with like Bull Bull and Fold and it almost seemed like. He was up and down. They never really cared to develop him that much. He almost seemed like a trade ad set for a while, and they would just develop him in-house whenever they could. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how, like, they have so many veterans on their team. Do you feel like there's – do you feel like there's maybe just good spots in the G League right now that, like, bet players should go to or guys in the big three that play and have a good season would benefit more from? Because it seems like Ignite might be a tough spot, right? You say Kevin Murphy starting or, like, Windy City uh, – Isaiah Briscoe's young, so maybe that just works out for him. But yeah, do you feel like there's like good spots outside of like Grand Rapids that might be good for him. Uh, for veterans, you mean? Yeah, just for be- veterans in general. Like yeah, Grand feel- Rapids would certainly be number one. I would say um, Capital C. They've used they've used uh, Greg Mon- Gre- eh, Greg Monroe pretty well, right? Uh-huh. And so he's a guy. He can still produce such a, at such a high level, though. You know, the Sioux Falls Sky Force. They had um, Brandon Knight this year, so they mm-hmm. had him, and then you know, they have a couple other veterans. And so, yeah, it's really tough. I think it just depends on the situation. You know, like yeah. guys are getting called up in, in and out of the league, and then you know, with the G League there's a lot of turnover, right? So you can have a player here one day and then for whatever reason, they're mad. They're not getting playing time. They ask out of the contract, they go overseas. Right. Um, and then mm-hmm. you have guys who, you know, are playing well, might get the call up, might just stick with the NBA franchise. So a team has to pick up a, a guy or two. So it just depends on the situation. It seems to me that Grand Rapids is the team out of <laughs> all of them that has just been willing to, if you can ball, you can ball. And they're willing to yeah. sign you and play you, not depending on if you're young or old, but just can you hoop, right? Can you produce? And I like that strategy more, but I can totally understand why teams would be against that, right? There have been a lot of teams this year that haven't signed really any veterans, right? And that's because they're focused. And I think it has to do a lot with the parent club. The mm-hmm. parent club is focused on developing the young guys first and them getting their touches. Because to tell you the truth, a lot of a lot of teams in the G League aren't concerned with necessarily winning games and winning championships, right? Interesting. It's just more about, uh-huh. yeah, it's just more about helping the parent club develop the young guys that still need a lot of work, right? And whether you lose in the process or win in the process, I mean, of course, it's better if you win, but if you lose the games, that's not really the end result, right, that they're looking for. They're looking for, are these players getting better? That's a good point. And uh, kind of thinking about Grand Rapids now, I'm wondering if they have maybe guys that can just hoop, like they're just looking for anybody because they've gotten rid of so many like first round picks or maybe just picks in general to trade for assets that would help their team now win rather than later. So maybe that's another reason they just pick up anybody. But Could be, yeah, could be. It's That's an interesting point too. Um, yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. So kind of just going back to some of the players that, in the league, uh, that went from the big three to the G League, uh, I mentioned a few, Murphy, Briscoe, Chalmers, Meeks. 
Um, Amir Johnson's there, but not really like playing much. He's, he's more of a coach now, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Perry Jones and Earl Clark were a couple others too. Yeah. Out of that list, is there any guy that's like really impressed you with their play uh, when they have had the time or gotten the time to play? Yeah, you know, I would say Jody Meeks. Tell you mm-hmm. the truth, Jody Meeks. The thing about him is that every team could use a lot, utilize a guy of Jody Meeks' caliber because he can do what a lot of players can't, and that's just score without the ball in his hands, right? Well, score without being a ball-dominant type of player, right? So if you have a really good point guard who can distribute or you have a center that really draws in a lot of defenders, having a Jody Meeks on the floor is perfect for all 30 NBA teams. It's been perfect for the Raptors on 05 because – Give this guy, an, you know, an inch of space and he can still knock it down like he did a few years ago when he was with the Raptors and mm-hmm. the Wizards and the Lakers. So a guy like him, I could actually see back in the league just because he's one of those specialty players. Right. And every team needs a catch and shoot type of guy. Um, but he's impressed me. I've in spurts been impressed by Mario Chalmers. Right. Because I don't yeah. think that he's really lost much of a step. It's just that he's been really streaky with his shot. You know, I've and I know he's got to be frustrated that, seeing that. Is that Say it again. <laughs> I've noticed that too, just a little bit. And that's more me, like just like stat watching. So I'm not going to really take that much into consideration. Like you pull up the stats and be like, oh, he didn't shoot very well today. But I'm not really watching the game. So I don't know what the outcome is. Do you feel like a lot of that has to do with maybe just trying to uh, establish himself a little bit more in the league in order to get back to the NBA? Yeah, I don't know because he's still like, if you watch him play, he looks like he did on Miami, right? He moves Mm -hmm. the same. He still defends on ball at a high level. He still generates good looks, right? They're just mm-hmm. not knocking, not falling for him. And a guy like him, I know, can just go into a gym and make 85 out of 100 threes, you know? 100%. So it's kind of, I always cringe a little bit when I see him on the box score and he's like two for nine from three, because I know that he could stand in that same spot in an open gym and probably make all nine, all 10, right? Yeah. So I don't know, for a guy like him, he might just be going through a little slump, which is unfortunate, but... It doesn't look like to me he's lost too much. Um, oh, another guy I didn't mention that wasn't a big three guy is, you know, Gerald Green's back in the G League. Yeah. He's playing for the Vipers now. Someone so, that uh, Ice Cube, I think, was looking into yeah, uh, adding yeah. to the big three. That would have been cool. And I could see him as a big three guy. It's been really cool to see him in the G League because I was thinking, well, first off, over the summer, he was looking to make an NBA comeback. He worked out mm-hmm. with the Rockets. I remember hearing something that he might have worked out with the Mavericks. Don't quote me on that, but okay. I think he worked out with a couple teams. And, you know, I don't think he drew that much interest at the time. I saw reports that he was killing these Rockets players in practice, <laughs> right? And he's got to be uh-huh. thinking to himself, man, I can still go, right? Yeah. I can still go at a high level. And I love that he's utilizing the G League too because he's just another name that draws a lot of people to the G League, you know? Anytime these old veterans come back, you know, they bring a little bit of a star power with them, right? Joe sure. Green having won the dunk contest, having been one of the best dunkers of all time. If you're a Heat fan, right, and you like Mario Chalmers back in the day, you're going to watch some of the Sky Force games. Or, Definitely. you know, maybe if you're a Nuggets fan, you'll watch uh, Grand Rapids Gold play. Same with Greg Monroe. If you're a, um, a Pistons fan, maybe you'll watch him, you know. So having these veterans has drawn a lot of eyes to the G League that otherwise we wouldn't have. And so, but Gerald's been big because he's, uh, you know, I mean, He's another guy. He struggled with the shot a little bit, but can still score at a really high level, moves so well. And every once in a while, he'll flash the hops that he had. And it's like, man, this guy's like 33, 33, 34 years old, still jumping like that. You know, he's probably a guy that at 50 can still do a windmill for and sure still do it mean, under the leg, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, shooting's one thing, but when you still have like crazy bounce like that, it's just insane. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like at this point, Gerald Green's just not going to lose any much of that bounce. It doesn't matter how old he is. But it's been cool to see his, like, return back to just playing because it makes you, like, you know, watching – so, big James Harden fan, I, I am. Watch a lot of Rockets games. So I watched a lot of Gerald Green play, and it just seemed like he was such an impactful player and rotation player for them at that time, like, fit perfectly next to Harden. It's kind of a surprise just to see him even go into coaching because he wasn't getting the opportunity. So I'm really happy that he's getting a chance to play and probably deserves maybe a call. up. It seems like at this point Houston might not be the best – Fit because they are developing players but it would be right. cool to see him back back in the in the league you know with the contender you know thinking about Gerald Green it makes me feel for a lot of the guys in the G League because Gerald Green goes to the G League right all of mm-hmm. a sudden there's a ton of hype and people are tuning in to watch the Vipers play right and the three games that he has played so far he scored 20 plus in each game so he's been it's balling nuts. out 
<laughs> I always feel bad when a guy has been in the G League for years. You know, some of these guys have been in the G League four or five years mm -hmm. looking for that one call-up and playing well too, which is the reason why they always come back in hopes that they're getting their one opportunity. And then a guy like Gerald Green or Isaiah Thomas come along and they play two, three, four games, right? There's all this hype around them and then a team calls them up, right? Where yeah. a guy on his same team might have been in the same grind for five years, right? Not just five games and doesn't get the call up. So I always, I'm always torn with that because although I want to see him, uh, you know, succeed and, and get back to the league, I would rather see some of these other vets who haven't gotten their chance yet, just get their one 10 day, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it was so awesome during that month span when all these guys were getting their call-ups because like i said so many of them it's like so many people you've music. covered and like trying to put on notice it's just exactly like, exactly called out, and called some out, of them right some of them were not guys that you would have expected right of course if you're getting 20 something a game you're going to get called up right if you were you know getting 13 14 rebounds a game you're going to get the call up you know mm -hmm. some of these guys were getting nine ten points a game Right. But they impact the game in so many ways that aren't seen on the stat sheet. You know, one my favorite is a guy named Craig Sword, who is playing for the oh, Capital yeah. City Go-Go right now and got called up on a 10 day to the Wizards. Four years in the G League, never averaged over 10 points a game in a season. Wow. Never. But he is, I mean, my, my opinion, a top five perimeter defender in the G League. Right. Stuff that doesn't really show up in the box score because that's for not sure. always blocks and steals. A lot of that is just like playing good physical sound defense over the course of an entire shot clock, right? Yeah. And he does that game in and game out. And so guys like him who, you know, otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten the opportunity, have gotten an opportunity and they can forever call themselves an NBA player. So I'd rather see guys like that get called up than the old NBA player looking for another shot. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? But yeah, definitely. Do you feel like in that same, in that same breath though, that because some of these, like, because they carry some of that star power, these NBA vets, and then they join a team, that other guys look around it like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to show up because they're going to be looking at guys like a Gerald Green or a Mario Chalmers. Like it gives them like more of that exposure or spotlight because scouts might be looking at somebody else um, on that team. Like, do you feel like that that benefits them in any way? Yeah, I do. I do for sure. Um, but it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because yeah. it's like the scouts are now watching the team right but mm -hmm. at the same time that player might be hogging their minutes you know oh, <laughs> so like that's, that's a good point <laughs> that's that's the only negative is like yeah it's like okay now maybe scouts from all 30 nba teams are watching the vipers play right but a young guy or a vet who's been in the g league for three or four years might be thinking to themselves Man, yeah, they're all watching, but now Gerald is getting those 30 minutes, and now my minutes are getting cut from 25 to maybe 12, right? So yeah. that's the only negative side to that. Sometimes I think that's why the big three is a good option as well, just in terms of more exposure. And as the league continues to grow, maybe it's even a better option. But it just gives guys a little bit more opportunity that might need a little bit more of a, the limelight. Um, right. Guys in the G League maybe that aren't showcased as much, aren't as getting as many minutes. Um, you know, it's kind of an eight to 10 game showcase to put on. And I feel like maybe it's a better spot in the G League or maybe it is that that 10 day call up into the NBA or a tryout in the preseason that that could benefit them. And that's why I like the tie between the G League and the big three. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, tell you the truth, I think any stuff like that is great exposure, whether it's or the TBL the three, or the tournament, TBT. Yeah, all of that. Even look at Kiefer Sykes, right? Yeah, Kiefer Sykes. Played this year in the summer with Bayheim's Army. You know, hit the $1 million shot. Played well the entire tournament. Uh, gets a Exhibit 10 with the Pacers, right? Didn't make the team right away and ends up going to Fort Wayne. Leads the league in, in assists during the showcase tournament. Uh, then, you know, gets called up because of the hardship. He gets called up to the Indiana Pacers. Balls out. They sign him for the rest of the season. This is a guy. I remember when he got the Exhibit 10 with the Pacers, I was like, huh, he's probably going to end up in the G League, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm curious to see what he does in the G League. And I was like, you know, if he plays any way like he did in TBT, there's a shot for him waiting in the NBA somehow. Now, I did not expect 100-plus players to get that call up, right? <laughs> but he was playing so well this season anyways. He was averaging like 18 and 8 assists a game. He was playing so well anyways that I was like, even if this wasn't a crazy season with all these call-ups, he would have probably still gotten a chance, whether it was a 10-day, um, 
or you know a, you know something like that just any opportunity in the league at some point in the year probably at the end of the year because of how well yeah. he played yeah i agree i think he's had a after hitting that shot and then he's got the cool story of getting the call right after hitting that yep. shot like he's right. had a pretty phenomenal 2021-2022 season so cool he to did. see yes yeah cool to see that he's balling i'll tell you one guy that you've really put me on to i think his name is emmanuel terry who got a chance yes. to play with phoenix has been playing in stockton but i've really liked just like watching a lot of like a lot more of him or like watching stockton king games because he's like the I forgot what you nicknamed him on the G League TV page or what they the guys that run it a little bit more now named him, but it's like the Hustle King or oh he's the Energy King. Energy King, that's right. Energy King, yeah. <laughs> it's been cool to see him play. Like so, like it's just guys like that that you really appreciate, like seeing get that opportunity and just For more sure. in the spotlight. Uh, Anthony, I'm glad you brought up Emmanuel Terry. Yesterday he drops 26 points and 15 rebounds. The Kings, the Stockton Kings, were down 29 points, right? 29 points. Uh-huh. In the second half to the Texas Legends. In the fourth quarter, led by Emmanuel, they outscored him 36-7 to and came back from 29 wow. points and won. And Emmanuel Terry was the number one reason why they came back and won. And he's been, yeah, he's a guy that um, he got his 10-day this year with Phoenix. And he was with Phoenix a couple years ago mm-hmm. before for a little bit. And this is his third year in the G League. He's a guy that runs up and down the court like you know, his life depends on it. Right. You know, like, you know, there's some guys that just play with an insane motor, right. That you think that this is their, you would look at him playing being like, he plays like it's his actual last game. A lot of people say that, right. A lot of people say, you know, I play every game and like, it's my last. And then you Uh see them jogging up and down the court. That is not Emmanuel Terry. This guy, I think when he goes to the bench, he needs like one of those, um, what are those things? Yeah, yeah, something because he just <laughs> runs and plays so hard. They said Westbrook needed one of those one time because when he runs up and down, this guy is really going 120 miles an hour, right? And it's yeah. the same with Terry, but the six ten version. Man, that's so cool. I that's like some two K stats right there to have a thirty six seven quarter. Like that's insane. Yeah, yeah it I, is. That is. That's like, and it's that's like one of the things you talk about. They don't jump on the stat sheet necessarily with that hustle and motor to be able to like run up and down the floor and like just do the little things I feel like. And I feel like it certainly paid off for him and hopefully continues to get another opportunity. Right. And I think about Isaiah Briscoe the same way, right? Briscoe Um, is like a, like, I think the G League TV page put it perfectly, a hard, rugged player, like just like a great uh, perimeter defender, like just, just tough as nails. Like, and we like, he fit in so nicely with the big three, I think because of that style of play he has. Yeah, I wish I watched more of him in the big three, but, you know, watching him the last two years with Iowa and then the year before a little bit when he played for the Lakeland Magic, he's got that New Jersey grit, right, where he's Mm -hmm. just unbelievably physical. Everything is in the paint. He is shooting more threes now, and he's shooting at a much higher clip than he was the last few years because that's always been kind of the the, um, the thing about him that's probably keeping him from the NBA is his lack of perimeter shooting. He's shooting at a much better pace right now, which shows that he's been working on it. But if there's a guard that can get to the rim based on just sheer physicality and taking contact and finishing through contact, he's probably one of the top two or three guards in the league at doing that. Well, I was going to say, he, you know, he just came off fourth man of the year, won a big three championship with Trilogy. And I was going to say, I think what I liked is that he had, I, th- I felt like maybe in the big three, he could be himself a little bit more, try new things a little bit more. He shot a ton of threes throughout the, the big three season. The first game he ever played, he dropped 28 points. He dropped like four or five threes, which I oh, feel wow, like, okay. like you said, was like kind of his Achilles heel. Right. Um, so, yeah, like I think down the stretch a little, it was more, a little bit more to the Jared Jack show uh, just because he was having such an incredible season. But one of the most valuable players off the bench throughout the season was Isaiah Briscoe. And I'm glad they shooting like a lot better. Like, I, I feel like I'm glad that he's a little bit more confident shooting his threes. And I'm hoping that the big three and playing in that, like for 10 game stretch, like helped them a little bit more feel confident shooting that in like a, you know, an actual game setting. Right. Um, right. Well, speaking uh, of Jared, Oh, Anthony, speaking of Jared Jack real quick, you know, he's the, he's an assistant now with Phoenix. Uh-huh. And I was confident that they were going to give him a 10 day. I right? was, I was fingers crossed that that was going to happen. I was so confident because last year when he played for Ignite, of course, like I said, they're looking to develop Dacia Nix more than they're looking to um, play Jared Jack, right? Dacia Nix is the future. And so, you know, uh, Dacia Nix, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, they're going to have the ball as opposed to Jarrett, you know. So his numbers weren't great, but he still looked fantastic. And then he played the big three, looked fantastic. 
Um, a guy like him, I know can still hoop at a high level and probably still wants to hoop. I was shocked that they didn't give him a 10 day. I was really hoping for it just like you, but you know, I, I, probably a better situation for one of these young guys to get it as opposed to him. He's probably like, you yeah. know what? I've played all the NBA I can play, mm -hmm. even though that'd be cool to suit up again. Let's give a guy who has never gotten a shot. Let's give him an opportunity. Yeah. He just won a title as well and was named co-rookie, uh, co-rookie of the year in the big three alongside Kevin Murphy, who I kind of just want to reflect back on because I know that the last time we had a conversation or last time you're on the show, it was during that big three draft yep. and two guys that are in the G league now that you talked about a little bit more when they were drafted was Earl Clark when he was drafted number two to tri-state and then Kevin Murphy, who was drafted number seven to three headed monsters who both had phenomenal seasons. They were both played in the playoffs like I mentioned, Kevin Murphy was co-rookie of the year. But I feel like I wish I would have, like, listened in on, like, your description of them so much because of just, like, how they transition or, you know, I feel like those are a couple of guys that we you don't get to hear about a lot um, from, like, a prominent perspective and that really showed out in the big three and are now kind of getting the opportunities in the G League. But I guess my my really my question is, is, like, do you feel like there's there – like, looking at that scenario, do you feel like – there's potentially a benefit of going the big three and then back to the G league first, maybe for some of these younger guys as the big three has gotten a little bit younger and, and uh, restrict like lower the age limit to 22. Yeah, I think there's certainly a benefit. I wonder, tell you the truth. I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. I'm not sure at all, but I wonder <laughs> if playing in the big three and playing so well and getting that call up, I'm um, sorry, that call out by Jared Jack on the podium, you know, he said Kevin Murphy deserves to be on the NBA roster. I yeah. wonder if that somehow led him to play for ignite. You know, um, I thought he was going to get an opportunity and I thought maybe that's why he played with Ignite because he was like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Really close. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because when Kevin Murphy was with Idaho and then he was with um, the Grand Rapids back when they were the drive, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was a guy that was getting 23, 24 points a game a night. You know, he was one of the leading scorers in the G League. And he was a guy that could always get buckets. You know, he's a little bit more seasoned now. I think he's pushing 30. But yeah. Him joining Ignite was interesting because I looked at him as a guy who could probably come back to the G League on playing any other team, right, and probably get close to 20, if not 20 a game. And we've seen that in spurts this year with Ignite. You know, he's not going to get all the touches. He's not going to get all the minutes, right? But every once in a while, he shows out with a 12, 15, 18-point game and mm -hmm. shows, like, I can still do this, right? So a guy like him, I think, could have actually earned himself a call-up um, depending on what team he was this year, based on how well he plays and how good of a score he still is, you know. But the Ignite route is different because, you know, you're looking to be more of a mentor than anything, yeah. right, and teach these guys the way. And so he's not but, as old as, you know, Amir Johnson, Jared Jack, but he does have a lot of experience, whether that's in the G League, playing overseas, and I think that's beneficial to these young guys. And plus, you know, you do get a lot more money playing for Ignite than you would playing for the average G League team because right. <laughs> the average G League salary is 37500 On Ignite, I know for a fact he's getting six figures. That's that's pretty cool. That could definitely be a motivating factor. So um, I had the opportunity to sit down with him in Vegas like during week two. This is just after they played Trilogy. And he went, he was like pretty much going head to head with Isaiah Briscoe. So that was a pretty interesting matchup as well. But yeah, that was a big thing for him to like come back and play in the States. Like it was going to be half the work this time. Cause he talked a lot about like the mental aspect being important. Like it's like you have to have like that drive and, and like mentally know like, hey, I might not get the call up now, um, but I got to keep pushing through so that I can hopefully get right. that call up. Right. And I thought that was interesting on his part. So I mean, maybe necessarily not make the league, but if you're making a lot of money and like you're playing, you're doing what you love, like that's a great, you know, motivation factor as well too. Um, sure. I didn't realize how much more you were getting paid, like paid to play with Ignite. Like I knew the young guys were, but I know it was everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The veterans are getting much more too. Um, and that's so they cool. definitely incentivize them because I think with Ignite, it is, a full-time job in the sense where you're playing ball, but your role of a mentor, right. Takes a lot of time too. You're spending mm -hmm. time with these guys off the court. You're teaching them the ropes. Um, you know, you don't have, you should do that on any team, right. If you're the <laughs> veteran, you know, on, any, on yeah. any team, if you're a guy who's been around for 10 plus years, you probably should take these young guys under your wing, you know, but you're not actually obligated to, I think on Ignite, you're more obligated to do so. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's your role coming in. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Cool that he's doing that. Cool that he's getting that opportunity. They've He's been really good, and Earl Clark was really good, too. I don't know what happened with him in Sioux, Sioux Falls. I thought he was getting an opportunity there, um, but I don't know if he's been injured or what. Maybe you can enlighten me on the status a little bit more. 
Yeah, I tell you the truth, I don't know what the situation was with Earl Clark. He just didn't really play that much. And I think he was thinking it, like I said, you know, it's weird because Sioux Falls is trying to develop Micah Potter before they're trying to develop him, right? Right. And so they're looking, even Trey Morning, you know, Trey Morning at this point in time in his career might be even a better option, if not the same um, level of production as an Earl Clark, right? And so they're thinking themselves, you know, we got these two young studs down low. Earl Clark can help, but I don't think he really fit in. There was nowhere for him to really shine on that team. And so, you know, plus Trey Morning, his dad is Alonzo, right? So yeah, what the, the, <laughs> the Heat's G League team. So it's like, you're not going to bench my boy, you know, for an old season veteran. So I don't think there was much of an opportunity for him there. And so, I hope he, like, he can land somewhere else that yeah. he can, because you're right. With the big three this year, he did shine. And so I would love to see what he can still offer. And then plus, when he was with the NBA, there was a lot of times where it was like, oh, my God, Earl Clark can play. Especially when he was on the Lakers a few years ago. I remember when Mike D'Antoni was the coach. And he and he started playing um, Earl Clark. I think it was like when Antoine Jameson went down. And Earl Clark stepped in and had a couple double-doubles. And he was like, I can't believe I had this guy on my bench the entire time. and didn't know what he could produce. Now, it didn't last forever, right? Earl Clark kind of came back down to earth and, you know, was having a 10.8 rebound game here and there. But mostly was like just – you know, side contributions mostly, but you know, he can still play. And I, I think that it just depends, like I said before, on the situation on, on the team, you know, yeah. who are these guys are getting called up? Who are these guys that are trying to develop first? And a lot of that plays into why Earl didn't get much of an opportunity. Sure. makes sense. Uh, hopefully, you know, he gets the opportunity. Maybe it just takes another season of the big three to show out and really, you know, prove that like, but he'd be a good scoring punch off the bench, whether it's for a G league team or an NBA team. Right. Um, I've appreciated the time so far. I want to, I want to end it here. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you if you can name two players that you think would benefit that are playing the G league right now that you think would benefit from getting more exposure in the big three. And I'm going to give you two of mine. I want to hear your thoughts on it, but do you give me two players that you feel like could benefit from more exposure that are currently playing in the big three right now? It could be a young guy. It could be an, it could be an older guy, but just not anybody that's played in the big three so far. Ooh, that's a great question. That is a great question. I think the veteran that gets overlooked the most in the G League is David Stockton, you know, and he's the guy that has played in the NBA before, right? He played for the Jazz for a little bit and the Kings for a little bit. So he's gotten a couple of 10 days, but it's been, you know, I think the Jazz one was like in 2017. So it's been four or five years since he's been in the league. And he wasn't, when he was in the league, it didn't last very long to begin Mm -hmm. with. But every year he comes to the G League and is, almost, you know, essentially an 18.8 assist, non-assist type of player. And he just gets overlooked. I don't know if that's because of who his dad is or the fact that he's kind of small and doesn't really look the part of, um, you know, a, a basketball player, you know, kind of like his dad. I mean, if you saw us down the street, would you think that he's one of the all-time great, you know, hoopers of all time, right? Hey, we've heard that but, story. Yeah. She, yeah, that, yeah. That so, one lady didn't know when they were all uh, on the Team USA team. On, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I look at Dave and I'm like, this year, if there was one veteran that I was certain would get called up, but of course didn't, it was David Stockton. So I don't know if necessarily he needs the big three for more exposure because but maybe he does. Maybe he goes to the big three, balls out, wins a championship, maybe wins MVP. Who knows, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And then and then he's back on the radars. But I just can't believe a guy like him, as well as he's played this year, didn't get the call-ups. I was like, what does he need to do? Whether it's TBT, does he need to go to summer league again, even as a veteran? Does he need maybe the big three? Whatever the case may be, I think that there's an opportunity for him in the NBA. And if it's using the big three to do it, then that probably work out for him, hopefully. But yeah, other than David Stockton, I'm trying to think of. And it's weird too. I was gonna say you mentioned the TBT. Yeah. I feel like it's been like you're either a TBT guy, you're a big three guy, and then yeah. there's like the yeah. occasional like I play in both. Like Dante Green is very much the guy like I'll play in both. Uh, I think he did when the big three is off. So that's been an interesting like dynamic too. But I feel like they're almost like both. I don't want to say feeder leagues for the G League or the NBA, but they're definitely like alternative options that are pretty strong for G League teams to consider. I feel like like guys coming out of those two leagues. But anyways, that's just kind of a sidebar there. Um, Another player you have, and I guess I I wanted to say, mind you, like Isaiah Briscoe has been the youngest guy to play in the big three so far. So with that in mind, I don't know if anybody else sticks out. Oh, I didn't realize Briscoe was the youngest. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. 
So David Stockton, for sure. I think another guy, and he's not really all that well-known, but there's a guy named Rashad James. Have you heard of him? He's on the Birmingham squadron. No, I haven't. Yeah, Rashad James is actually a former D2 guy, and he's been in the G League since about 2015 or so. Um, Hasn't been in the G League straight since 2015. He's played overseas as well. But he's one of the you know, he's in his 30s now, if not probably around 30 years old. He's one of the highest flying guards in the G League. And so mm. even at his age, and he's a guy that's kind of bounced around teams. He's been in the slam dunk contest before. Um, he's a guy like who most people wouldn't know about. And I don't at this point, I don't know if he's on any NBA radars, but he's the same like Brisk like Briscoe, an extremely physical guard. Right. That I think would thrive in the big three games, shoots the three ball pretty well. Well, explode at the basket if he's given an open lane right um but a guy like him i've been kind of really advocating for to get a chance in the league mm -hmm. and i would love to see him utilize whether it's the big three or maybe if it's tbt just something to help him get more of an exposure because i do think that all it takes and i always say this for any opportunity all it takes is for just one guy or one team to be like this guy can hoop Right. This guy yeah. can hoop. Let's give him an exhibit 10 and test him out in training camp, see what he's got. Right. And then from there, at least you had an opportunity to prove yourself whether it goes well or doesn't. Right. And, yeah. you know, so the thing is, in the summer, a lot of these guys are just not on people's minds. Right. A lot of these old guys. Because they have all, all these like new guys coming in and you have guys exactly. that have played on the exactly. team in the past. Right. So whatever you can do to keep yourself in the public eye is certainly a good thing. Right. Yeah. And so I actually, when even when Isaiah Thomas wasn't playing, I don't think the big three would have been a bad option for him. He did he, not. He did not agree with that. He. he I know. I, you told me about that last time I was on the show. <laughs> is that, you know, he felt a certain way about that. And I understand. Listen, you know, it was only 2017 that this guy was a star. Right. So yeah. he's probably thinking, you know, the big three is for. Jermaine O'Neal, who's 40 years old, and, you know, um, I'm trying to think. Katino Mobley, who's how old? Like 40-something, right? 45 or something. 45, right, right. makes and it so, back every year. <laughs> right. And, and to tell you the truth, that's why with the big three, a lot – I think there's a stigma around the big three. Everyone's 40 years old and has a belly right now, right? It's like <laughs> – and that's not the case, right? There's a lot of maybe some stereotypes that aren't true that he could probably dispel if he played in the big three. But I have a feeling that he thought – of the big three is like just that, what I said, you know, all these guys are 40, 40 plus, they have beer bellies. They've been out of the league for five, six, seven years. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, he would take that as like an insult. You know, he's above that to an extent, which I can see why he'd think that, but um, it's more about, and I think the same thing about the G league, a few, I know I'm going, going a little bit off topic, but no, you're a good. Few, a few years in the G league, a few years ago in the G league, people thought the same thing. Like, no, I'm not going to the G league. Like, you know, if I go to the G League, they're automatically going to characterize me as washed up, right? Mm -hmm. And it took, you know, seven years or so. Because I remember when I first started following the G in 2015, people definitely thought that, right? So it's taken six, seven years for players and the public to really kind of realize, listen, these are legitimate players in a legitimate league, and you can utilize this to help get you to your ultimate goal. I think in a few years, they will think of the big three that way, right? It's going to take yeah. a little while because they're still so young. No, I, I, I completely agree. And I think that's those are good ways to look at it. I think it's reasons like guys like Isaiah Briscoe playing in the league, having a lot of success uh, is one, why I think like why I think helps the league a lot. But I think, two like why I want him to get to the NBA so bad so that you can tell you can talk about that route a little bit more and what it right. took to get back into the NBA. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that's the case. You know, I really advocate for a lot of young guys. I've even asked like old like high school like colleagues of mine, like that player overseas, like you should maybe think about the big three um, just because I feel like it'd be interesting to see a lot of young guys. Um, and with that being said, like a couple guys that I've always had in mind, uh, this guy's a little bit, a little bit older, but playing in the G right now. Um, and I have actually thought about him as a big three option for a little while, but like, I think like I always thought like Brandon Knight would be a cool option to play in the big three, you okay. know, a long time NBA guy. I know that he's, he's, playing for Sioux Falls right now. I'm not sure how he's doing. I think last time I checked, he was doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but I always thought he'd be an interesting option in the big three. And then the other guy who I've always like just been uh, like, I've just always been intrigued by who also plays for Birmingham is uh, Joe Young. Like I, oh, Joe I would Young. love to yes. see Joe Young get more exposure. It's like he went from like being really good at Oregon 
getting on a commercial with Paul George. And then I didn't hear from him at all. And then he joined the squadron. I'm like, this dude is still killing it. Where, why is he not getting another opportunity? Yeah, Joe, see, that's a great one. Joe Young, I should have. I So Rashad James, the guy that I mentioned, is his teammate, uh-huh. right? And right, right. Um, the reason why I said Rashad was because Rashad hasn't, hasn't gotten to the league yet. And so I would yeah, like yeah, to yeah. meet people as the big three to get to the league. Joe Young's perfect because Joe Young was in was with the Pacers. Um, you know, he's Paul, he's Paul George's cousin. Oh, that makes sense. Why they run the commercial together. I yeah, yeah, that's just, why I he was in Paul the George just liked him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he's Paul George's cousin. Or that was like his and, rookie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he played a couple years in um, Indiana. He actually had a couple stints in Fort Wayne as well back when it was the D-League. And then went over to China and was getting near 40 point you know, point 40, 40 points per game in China for multiple seasons. And I read an article, they had a slam article about him not that long ago. And he was talking about how this is like his ultimate dream of getting back to the league. Cause a lot of times, so what happens, what, what he said happened to him was he came in the league, very confident and very brash and he got labeled as immature, right? Mm-hmm. He got labeled as a bit of a headache, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the time he was 21, 22 years old, still a kid, right? And it's been, you know, six, seven, eight years since then, right? He's had a family. He's married now. He's had to grind overseas, right? He's had to play in the D-League. And this is all coming full circle now because he's coming back to the G-League, to the squadron, in hopes of earning another shot, trying to prove to people that he is a much more, more mature person than he was back then. I think that's maybe the one thing that's holding him back is that they look at the old Joe Young from like 2014 and maybe how he acted. Or maybe Which is how crazy. He's, in he's 21. Situation. Of course yeah. he's immature. We were all immature. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, for him, he can certainly still play. And he's had 40-point games this year. He's had multiple 30-point games. I mean, he has has shown that he can score at an elite level. He started off the season kind of slow, but then once he hit his groove, was absolutely balling. Uh, he's another guy that I think by the end of the year, we will see in an NBA uniform, even if it's only for Ooh. 10 days, right? I think I he's so. playing too well, and the Pelicans suck too much for him not to get <laughs> a, a call up to some degree, you know? Just to say thank you for what you're doing for our G League team. A lot of times teams will do that, right? They'll yeah. be like, you know what? We didn't have an opportunity to call you up during the middle of the season. It's the end of the season right now. Um, we want to just thank you for grinding it out with us. You know what I mean? Here's an extra 45000 or whatever you'd make for the 10-day contract. We'll give you 10 days just as a thank you. Get a couple buckets. You know what I mean? So I yeah. hope they do that for Joe because he deserves it. Yeah, 100%. I think that's great. And I think that that's an interesting point that, like, people get labeled immature so early on in their career, like yeah, being 21. Yeah. It's like, of course. They, some of these guys literally just came out of high school, like, two years ago, if you really want to put it in perspective. So – it's just, yeah, exactly. It's and wild. that's why I always think about, you know, guys who are in the G League and they might be, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old and they didn't they were NBA first rounders or second rounders. They haven't panned out yet. I'm like, give these guys a couple years to develop. But the thing about sports is that it's like a yeah. what have you done for me recently type of league, you know, Definitely. type of uh, business. And then it's um, you get your one shot. And then if you screw up on that one shot, you might not get another. Right. So it's a very cutthroat type of unforgiving league and unfortunately joe has been on the wrong side of that it's just been seven years eight years since then right so i would love for just one team to be like you know what whatever happened in 2015 with the pacers let's just wipe that or let's start Mm -hmm. with a clean slate and let's start brand new because you say you're a new person just prove it to us right and yeah so and in that slam article everyone talked about who works for the Birmingham squadron talked about how he's been just class personified so I really do hope he gets another shot yeah that's one story I'm definitely following but now I got Rashad James to also look out too so maybe I'll watch more some more Birmingham squadron games and hey if the NBA doesn't you know maybe call them up or this is in the year maybe they get a little more exposure this summer in the big three I think it'd be cool maybe they team back up or play against each other we'll see how that goes but Uh, just want to say thank you. I know this is a little bit, like you said, off script. Uh, it wasn't necessarily all about the big three necessarily, but I I like having the conversation about just guys that I guess don't get talked about as much from a, you know, a high level perspective. And I like just have the conversation about guys that are really grinding to get to where they're, where they're going, whether it's in the G league or the big three or not. So really appreciate the conversation. 
And uh, just, you know, coming back on the show, like I said, you're the most decorated fourth man guest on, uh, out there right now. This I appreciate that, time, Anthony, so. man. I appreciate that, dude. Thanks for having me on again. And, you know, as the season progresses, it's going to be uh, cool to keep up with you and, like, seeing which guys eventually do come to the big three. Because I know that next summer we're going to have a few names where I'm going to be like, oh, I, you know, we talked about him on the show back in January. Oh, I'm sorry, back in February. Yeah, so I yeah. bet you there's going to be a couple names. I wouldn't be surprised if even Isaiah Briscoe comes back for a second second time try to you know defend what he did last year you said he won he won rookie of the year right he won fourth man of the year he won oh, fourth chip, man of the year, which okay, means yeah. you get to keep your squad together so trilogy will come back as long as they they all just you know want to come back yeah uh yeah. you know we'll, we'll see that's kind of an interesting interesting team with jerry jack being a coach and amir playing you know being kind of a mentor yeah ignite and briscoe playing in the g league so we'll see how that that team comes back if they all come back and defend what's theirs but yeah, uh, we'll definitely have to have you on the show again, whether it's for the draft or following the draft. We'll definitely have you back on. We'll talk more about it. For sure. For sure. Sounds good. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. All right. That was our interview with Jeff Key from the G League and G League TV. He is always just a great conversation to have, just someone who really not just knows basketball but really just knows a lot of hoopers in general I feel like just a lot of guys that maybe aren't aren't known on a higher scale I really like that he always uh, showcases and highlights guys that can really ball out they just don't have a lot of attention um, and just need a little bit more exposure so always a great conversation appreciate the time as always Jeff and definitely will be back on the show here at some point especially as we get closer to the draft again everyone who tuned in today we really appreciate just want to uh, remind you guys to follow on social media at fourth man pod instagram and twitter instagram the more important aspect if you're in the highlights and want to be up to date on big three offseason news as we continue to gear up toward that june 18th date again if you want to watch the show on youtube it's youtube.com slash fourth man pod and dash radio nothing but net channel we appreciate you guys as always and we appreciate our listeners that tune in for their big three updates as well. Thanks again to Jeff, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.